Mrs. Audio Galleries. Conversations. Connecting collectors and art enthusiasts. Audio galleries. God, you know what? Sometimes when you hear your voice, you do think, oh, but welcome, everybody. GM, <laughs> big energy, big energy. And uh, welcome, everyone, to episode 13, unlucky for some, of Audio Galleries, a rug radio production. It won't be unlucky today. Um, I am Benjamin White at the NFT 101, your host. Very, very quick. The host with the most. Ah, thank you, Philip. <laughs> Grab very... age 13 now, Ben. <laughs> it's getting intimidating. I know. <laughs> a very quick disclaimer, everyone. This show is not intended to, nor should it be treated as financial advice. Please do your own research, make your own decisions at all time, and more importantly, most importantly, stay safe in Web3. It is also a recorded spaces that will go on to be a published podcast so consider this when requesting to speak later in the show. Could you all please do me a wonderful favor and retweet the post that I have pinned in the nest at the top of the space? There's a lot of things to remember there. Episode 12 last week with Steffi Fung, a fantastic introduction into the world of digital fashion. I, th I thought Steffi was super humble and it was brilliant to hear her views on the future of such an exciting and emerging field. Really, really cool. We also completed the Aronite airdrop earlier today, completing her Quiet Quarry collection. Lots of alliteration going on today. Thank you to everyone who supported her open edition on OpenSea. We minted over 400 pieces, and following the mint, I was able to pay Steffi four ETH, over four ETH, as her share of revenue, which is amazing. Taking our share of revenue to artists almost up to $110,000, which is incredible. Thank you to everyone who listened, commented, sent messages, and minted. Audio Galleries is an educational art-focused Web3 project working to connect emerging and established artists with a community of digital art collectors and enthusiasts hosted each week. The show features an artist either emerging or firmly established, certainly case in point today, who is focused on creating incredible work and making it available via the blockchain. I interview each guest, giving you, the audience, an opportunity to learn more about their style, their inspiration, their process, previous works, and future plans. And then during the show, we launch an open edition mint on OpenSea with artwork or artworks provided by our guest and available to purchase between 15 and 75 USD. Audio Gallery's Mint Pass holders who mint this piece will also be rewarded with a second very, very exciting exclusive piece of artwork by our artist. If you'd like more information, please follow Audio Galleries on Twitter. They are one of the speakers um, and also subscribe to the newsletter in my link tree. Once again, I am joined again today by the wonderful and one year older uh, Tristan from OpenSea. Hey, Tristan. Hello. How are you doing today? Very well, thank you. May the fourth be with you. I was going to say happy Star Wars Day to whoever is observing in the room. It's uh, one of my favorite holidays. Yeah. <laughs> May the fourth be with you. Ben. Happy birthday for yesterday, Tristan. I hope you had a wonderful day. I really did. It was very low key, had a delicious dinner, hung out with my husband, seeing a few friends out in LA today. So everything is just wonderful. I have nothing to complain that about. That sounds marvelous. Our artist for today. Born in Scotland and living and working in London, Philip Colbert is often referred to as the godson of Andy Warhol. Graduating with an MA in philosophy from the University of St. Andrews, Philip uh, has created a global following for his cartoon lobster persona and his masterful hyper-pop history paintings. He has been championed by art world figures such as Charles Saatchi and Simon de Puri. Um, his work powerfully explores the patterns and contemporary digital cultures and its relationship to a more profound art historical dialogue. 
goodness. Following on from early pop painters such as Richard Hamilton, Roy Lichtenstein, and I'm going to get this one wrong. James Rosenquist. Go on. Perfect. Ah. (laughs) The man can do no wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Philip's paintings cross high art themes and old master paintings and contemporary art theory with everyday symbols of contemporary mass culture. What an introduction. His works have been exhibited in major museums. Time's Art Art Museum, Sejong Art Center, Modern Art Museum, Shanghai, Saatchi Gallery, Multimedia Art Museum. Philip has collaborated with luxury brands such as Bentley Motors, Rolex, Montblanc, Christian Louboutin, Comme des Garçons, and Adidas, that luxury brand. Um, He is the artist I have introduced most in my Web3 career. As the founder of Lobstars, <laughs> Philip Colbert, welcome to Audio Galleries. Thank you so much, Ben. Always a pleasure as your art presenting continues to, in its perfect pitch, just get better and better. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm out of breath, to be honest. That was a hell of a... Whew. Right. Um... No, no one better in the game, Ben. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. I was just quite intimidated and up on GM Web 3 with Farouk a moment ago talking about this drop, which I'm super, super excited about. I can't wait to talk to you about it a little more. But before we do that, Philip, what about a very quick introduction from you? Tell us who you are and what you do. Well, I definitely can't beat that. You're one. I'll just sort of uh, mumble and and, uh, attempt one. But my name is Philip Colbert. And as Ben has given such an amazing overview, I'll try and sort of, uh, I guess, uh, deal with other points, I guess. Yes, I'm an artist based in London, and I'm I'm very much, as an artist, very uh, engaged in digital media, and I, I'm very excited about this drop this uh, today because, I guess it's it's really allowed me to really take a a series deeper than I'd otherwise been able to, and creatively I find that very exciting, and I guess I I also really fundamentally believe in in an art for all philosophy, and so this is why this drop mechanism is so so exciting for me because it it really allows me to go really deep on a on a collection and a series and, and really explore it aesthetically and at the same time also make it more democratically accessible. And I think I think that's an amazing recipe and it's something I'm very passionate about and very honoured to be on your amazing show, Ben, and also Tristan with Delighted to also be in partnership with OpenSea, which is an amazing platform. So just really excited about it as, as, a, awesome. as a project. Thank you. And very concisely put, I love that. Obviously, spent some time with you last Monday in your incredible studio in London, and we made a really cool short film where you gave this great overview. And I think we'll talk a bit more about flowers at the moment. You you aren't in London at the moment, though, right? Where are you at the moment, and what's going on? No, well, this is the beauty of you know Web three art worlds is that you know the, the, the my my mobile studio is now in a, um, a very compact hotel room in Busan in Korea. Ah. Um, the one, the one pretty cool thing is though, if we were FaceTime, I could take you onto my balcony, and show you that the view I have. I have a giant lobster, maybe like fifteen meter lobster octopus inflatable, um, breaking out of the hotel garden, and it's like a crazy installation that's here for Art Busan. Wow, I've um, seen it. So on, I've, uh, I've seen it on Instagram actually. You shared some stories yesterday. It's like the the lobster in an octopus, the pink and purple octopus suit, right? Yeah, exactly. One of the lobster traits, and yeah, and and uh, it's particularly fun having it here because we're we're right on the on the sea, so the hotel just faces this, uh, the sea, which is pretty amazing. Actually, waking up in the morning with a, a balcony with a view of the sea is pretty amazing. But I have to say, like, I, it's been a it's been an amazing day, just because every time I come to Korea, and I think I highly recommend a- anyone of you that hasn't been here to come here because it's an amazing place. Like people, there's so much amazing energy. Like. You know, just again, like having been to the fair today and I had a booth at the fair and I had a a big wall of of the Lobstars project and things there. Um, And it was just, you know, it was incredible just meeting everyone again and meeting so many people and the energy in the room and the sort of enthusiasm. And it really reminded me of how brilliant Korea is for art. Like it's a very um, enthusiastic, very supportive, very generous country. I mean, this is the first time I've been to Busan, but. I, you know, I was pretty blown away by the amazing energy and all the amazing people I met. So it's been a long day, but I'm, I've been all I've, throughout the whole day. I've been telling everyone about my passionate excitement for the flowers drop this evening. So hopefully, we we may have some Korean listeners 
Awesome. Um, what time are you yeah. on there? So it's actually one fifteen a.m. A.m. Yes. Oh of course. goodness! I'm sorry. Um, the party's you... still going on st- times <laughs> in there because I, I, the hotel I'm staying in is also hosting like the the big swanky party, and so it's still probably going on strong down there. But I, I actually I have a crazy schedule because I I actually probably not going to go to sleep at all because I've got to leave at four a.m. because my my it was a really complicated thing. My plane got cancelled and da, 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 so I have to leave at four a.m. Oh goodness! So I think I'm I'm, I'm going to um, chew the fat with you guys and then probably. <laughs> Go back down to the party. <laughs> nice. Go for it, Tristan. Love that. Uh, yeah, we ask this every week, Philip, and it's great to meet you via this space. I'm such a huge fan of your work. I, I really do love how you've sort of packaged and taken this idea of like art for the masses and really made it your own and made it really unique with such a clear inspiration um, from Warhol. It's it's so awesome. Um, Thank you so much. I'm curious, how did you become an artist? I know again, when we ask this every week, every artist and every creator that we speak with sort of says the same thing, like, well, I was always an artist. But I'm curious about your sort of path to discovering art as a profession, art as your calling, art as such a big part of who you are. Well, that's a great question, Tristan. I mean, my my short line answer has often in the past been I became an artist when I became a lobster. As of today, it's a bit more complicated because I became an artist when I became a lobster who then became a flower um, (laughs) on the May 4th. (laughs) Um, but I, I, it's quite funny because I, I, we were doing this little interview, as Ben mentioned, a week ago in the studio and stuff. And I said as like a, a joke, you know, I became an artist and I became a flower. And it's quite funny how a few people were saying, hang on, are you actually not lo- no longer being a lobster? Is this, is this new news? Are you, are you no longer a lobster? And I was like, finding that quite funny. Um, <laughs> that, uh, don't, so they don't need to worry that my blood is still running lobster. I just happen to be disguised elegantly as a, a decorative flower <laughs> in this current state. Um, Wait, Philip, why why a lobster? Well, Tristan, you see, the thing is, in I guess as a art thinker or uh, you know as an artist, I guess I'm I'm obsessed with like with language and 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 because I guess I I think of the the visual arts exactly like like poetry or spoken words in the sense that I'm I'm drawn yeah. to symbols a bit like if you think of Egypt, Egyptian hieroglyphics and the way that the power of the symbol so in a way like in a pop culture filter way I'm, I've always been really drawn to the power of the, the pop culture symbol and for me that lobster symbol had, was so heavily defined in this surrealist period the connection with surrealism and uh, you know, and, and even earlier back, obviously, with my now lobster obsession, I've really looked, combed through the whole of art history to find every single lobster historical footnote. And I've connected them all together to make a, a, a giant um, lobster narrative pattern that makes a lot of sense to me and confuses everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Excellently put. Philip, I love that. Um, and uh, and I love finding lobsters now in just about every artwork I ever see. It's funny. It's something I never <laughs> noticed before. And I think, yeah. it, I think it will now happen with flowers. This is a question we also ask every week, but it's one that, well, I'd be really interested to hear how you answer it, actually, because I always ask people to talk about the art scene around them and what they absorb to then kind of like project out in their work. Um, and I'm really interested to know how you'll do it because you talk so much about art history and also about like you know like consumables that are around you that are kind of like everyday items and how you can position them in like a really interesting way and you talk about juxtaposition and all these kind of things and I I look at your murals and the the different paintings you pulled together and it's like it's fascinating so I I am really, really, it's actually not a question I've ever asked you before about the art scene or the visual kind of like references around you and how or why you pull them together to kind of project them into your work. It, it's a great question, Ben. And I think, it, funnily enough, it, it does very much address, I think, something at the heart of my thinking um, and practice. I mean, if you rewind a little, like, I guess my in my own personal journey, like, you know into getting where i am today in a way like studying philosophy was was a really important like mental journey for me because having been a, like a slight loser kid that was like totally unengaged at school and not at all you know like progressing in a way within the system the, when i stumbled upon some philosophy books it really like sparked my brain to like action and 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 from there i think it really crystallized in a way my own philosophy to the world being this quite like juxtaposed like um at like high low mix and i 
would say that is reflected within my art in so so much that I, I I'm very much a pop philosopher in terms of and also like a pop uh, you know of the of the like neo pop art school in terms of like I, I believe in in like every the part the holy let's say the the holy poetry of everyday language and how everyday language is what connects us all and it's actually for me like a re really like a like a gold mine of of meaning and power so when but at the same time i'm also obsessed with art history and i'm obsessed with art as a subject and i'm studying it a lot but this but rather than like look for inspiration like my it's a very much um, a funny contrast between my obsession with art but my at the same time i'm also very interested in what's around me because i feel that's the thing like whether it's the brands that we all wear or the memories we have growing up with certain brands like you know cereal packets on the kitchen table or whether it's like you know just graphics from fonts of brands or like you know just and also just in terms of the whole world of aesthetics around us that we all have like you know direct um, memory and association with because there's so much poetry in everyday life and sometimes art the art that gets too stuck in itself can become detached from that the beauty of that everyday poetry and also in a way becomes detached from any actual real significance or actual real meaning it's like the pretense in a way kills it and so it's always so important for me in a way to like marry the discourse of art history and thinking and questioning but with the sort of the everyday philosophy of like you know, just appreciating that everyone is truly an artist in my mind, you know, like all, all meaning is experienced through everyone. Like, you know, the, the great emotions of the world are all experienced through, you know, artists sometimes can help to spell things out or mirror them or reflect them or capture them somehow or tell the stories, but actually the, the, the beauty and the poetry is, is everything in everything. And so I guess that that's where I, I guess my, my funny juxtaposition comes with my, sort of funny hybrid between being overtly pop and overtly into symbols and accessibility but at the same time having this you know i guess desired sensibility for things um that's such an amazing answer that's very long-winded so <laughs> i've lost myself no it's so good it's so good because it, it so clearly pulls into your like the ethos of your art which is which is really just like playing with the world around you which I think is so important and and I, I studied art history in college and it is really easy to get caught up in all the symbols around and the context of each artwork and when it was made and a lot of people sort of fail to recognize like how important it is for the art that you are absorbing to be contextualized with the world it was sort of created within and I think yours really speaks to this like there's a playful nature but also it does so clearly play with clear inspiration from, you know, sort of pop culture um, and art historical figures as well. But we'll get into that. I I feel like you and I could probably ramble for a while about <laughs> Amazing. this. And I'm yeah. sure Ben is like holding his too. He's like, I was yes, I've got a very like, clear structure. I actually yeah. love, I love it. Because, the maestro. <laughs> because, well, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have an art history background. I didn't study art. I just appreciate it. And I love hearing and, and the web3 space you know I've, it's given me a really great opportunity certainly working with you as well Amazing. philip to to learn more about this and and to kind of start to contextualize things and it's great to see to 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 hear you refer to old things but also to kind of to start to see how some things in the space at the moment are going to be those things in the next 50 years and like you look at pepe and i can't believe i'm talking about a damn frog in this show but you look at the memes and the culture and the fun that people are having with that character and you can absolutely see how in 50 years time 60 70 years time like pepe the frog becomes the lobster telephone or the uh the, you know those kind of things and it's it's really really interesting i love listening to it so yeah don't ever cut off tristan always go for it if you want <laughs> I think Philip and I will definitely go over the hour. Okay. <laughs> so we got to keep the train on the track Philip. then. Philip. Okay. Oh, no, actually, no, Philip. Tristan, you asked the next one. Who and or what inspires you? I'm curious, like, artists first, and then I would love for you to go into brands. I'm going to try to keep this structured because. Okay, amazing. And um, there's quite a lot of artists. I mean, there's 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 artists in their character, and then there's artists for their work, I think. Like, um, 
you know, I think like, let's say character art, uh, artist wise, then definitely, or, 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 you know, the Dali is a great, um, you know, is, is really mind blowing actually how, how much Dali had fun and with the theater of, of life and, and taking art into the living and in terms of the, into the everyday world. And the fact that he, like a conductor in a way, brought the painting into the room and like, you know, the, he conducted surrealism in, in life. And I think that was an amazing quality of Dali. Cause like sometimes, you know, one can cynically look at the contemporary art world and think, you know, see all these big power galleries and things become very commercial and like, and, and a lot of the very successful artists can be deemed to be quite like commercial, like, and, and then you look back and you see some of the bonkers things Dali was doing. I highly recommend you guys watching a, do- a documentary on Dali that was done by the, the actor who did um, Citizen Kane, Orson Welles. Um, so basically Orson Welles narrates uh, like a half hour. It's on YouTube uh, documentary on, on on Dali, and it's it's just amazing. Just you know, sh- showing how full throttle Dali was in terms of being, you know, bringing surrealism into life and pushing, you know, and 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 burning a flame in a way of artistic freedom. And I think so. Dali is is a great um, is a great reference. I'm always pretty inspired when I see some of the the antics Dali was getting up to. And then I guess. Of when I was younger, I was very inspired by Duchamp, just conceptually speaking, just just the the um, you know the the, the 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 I guess from the the moment of him putting the fountain into a, a gallery in 1917, it was you know even though it was sort of discarded at the time, but it became such a landmark conceptual piece, like a watershed piece of of, of shifting value in art and and really opening a whole a new chapter of possibility, and I guess. In, in my own work, I've really taken the belief in a way that the real fundamental motivation with art is exercising freedom and a freedom of creativity and creating new language, really. And I think that Duchamp, in a way, like his work enabled, like it was almost like a flagpole in no man's land and it, that then was colonized. And I think that that's the the magic of, in a way, art is to try and take those bold risks and in a way create new create language because i think that's the that's the fundamental you know let's say profundity in in the creative process is that language bit creation because i think for the species that is the exercising of our cultural freedom if that makes sense it's a long-winded <laughs> thing on coming out of that but um I, yeah i mean there's obvious things that the, the relevant one for today obviously is warhol very much a big inspiration for the flower series and 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 a very interesting artist that picked up in a way the Duchampian concept of the ready-made and production and 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 really pushed that into the 20th century in terms of the reflecting the mechanics of 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 society and 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 consumption and and it's something that I guess I've in a way connected to conceptually and and feel like I'm interested in trying to take the baton into the 21st century in terms of like you know, utilizing new media and really and really pushing the the world of my work and, and trying to push it forward somehow. Amazing. And and that's a really nice like segue for me to talk then a bit more about artistic partnerships. I'm really, really interested and I always love the work that you push through some of the collaborations that you've done, Philip. You know, you've worked with and I spoke about them earlier, some really exciting brands in recent years. But I'm curious, like, how do you approach conversations about like remixing or collaborating? And and what are those conversations like? How do you like take on a brief? I'm thinking about like the the big collection of like Adidas apparel that you pulled together or um, the Rolexes with uh, Snoopy, the Peanuts Rolex that you did, like those things. Like, how do those conversations come about, and how do you push your work into those? I would say everyday items, but a Rolex isn't an everyday item, is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, for audio galleries, for sure, man. Sure. <laughs> um, I wish you, you, digital masterpieces, Rolexes are, are a small change. Um, basically, yeah, great question. I mean, it's something that I'm very passionate about. Again, if we're going back to this sort of art for all mentality, I guess um, having having made a lot of wearable art in my earlier days, I guess I was always very inspired by the idea of you know making art with the normal confines of of the, of the gallery or the, on on the wall, or, you know, and trying to take art into the streets or to just basically try and um, 
you know, push the boundaries of how one can display and what, how one can, can present art. And so I guess I've always been very open to the idea of like, you know, very, uh, very pro the idea of finding interesting ways to communicate my work. Um, but it, because in a way, my main focus and energy is always going into the creating part. I don't, I'm not really actively reaching out for collaborations. It's something I just have a, you know, if the right collaboration comes to me, I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll um, because it's not in a way my first priority, what isn't, let's say, collaboration, it's, but it's more a secondary way of communicating, in a really, which is very powerful. And I think, I guess I'm, I, I love the fact it opens the work to a wider audience outside the traditional art bracket. Because again, that for me, that's almost more meaningful to not be stuck in the box. And I think, but 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 generally, I'll, I, I just sort of go about my, my days, like really with the focus on the creativity thing. But then, when when I, when the right brand let's say approaches through a combination of like dominoes um hitting uh, then if it's the right type of brand and it feels the right synergy then then i guess generally if they're coming to me with the, they're feeling the the, the possible connection too and so it's a good starting point um sometimes like the, there is instances where i have created collaborations where i've been really conceptually passionate about for example the the band devo when i was growing up like i was obsessed by this sort of ironic art band of devo and i think they're really important conceptual um, you know pop band like they they practically when mtv was created devo's music videos which you, you have to check out if you've not seen them they're really they're phenomenal artworks really um like multimedia artworks and so devo was like a huge like conceptual thing for me like as a band and um just in this hybrid of mixing art and music and everything and performance and 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 so anyway like over lockdown i was obsessed by the idea of the lobster and devo somehow with the energy dome i just in my head i just felt this collaboration connection so i so i kept hitting them up i like i think i got one of their contact details and then i just kept suggesting collaboration and initially we were like no way no way we're you know mark the lead singer is an artist it wouldn't work da, da, da. he does the art da, da, da. but i just kept at it and then with the rise of you know with with digital that you know i just had another crack at it and said you know guys i i'm really passionate about it i'd love to do it and they were like you know what we love what you've been doing in the space we'll we're, we're up for collaborating and they wrote a song a lobster song and we and we made a a one-of-one one nft which we launched on super rare and that so that was an example of in a way me really pushing through a collaboration just because i was so conceptually passionate about the idea of the, the two worlds meeting but generally speaking with all the other ones you've mentioned it's more been a, like a uh you know a, the, the sort of opportunity arising just from a combination of elements with it it's just sort of happened um but it, and in terms of like i guess with, with for example with adidas it's like the, the the really cool thing with that collaboration was that it was very much had a an environmental undertone so all the fabrics were um either recycled or or um, you know, ethically sourced, and 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 so so that was an amazing like uh, you know backbone to the collection that they wanted to give it this like really ethical sourced um, like stamp, and so that that was a great starting point. And then uh, you know they, they have such amazing base shapes to work on that you know it was pretty it was it was a pretty straightforward thing. I mean the thing is. The, the, these type of big brand collaborations always have quite long lead times, which I'm always like quite, in, you know, impatient because I'm always like, <laughs> got to do something now. I got to do it now. I'm, you know, I'm feeling the passion. I want to do it now. But so I always have to like, uh, you know, just um, bite my tongue and try and keep cool about it. Oh. I love that. Oh, God. That's so good. Ben, week after week, we are we are blessed with another story that just beautifully showcases the entrepreneurial grit yes. of the artists that we speak with. It's, it's unbelievable because the way that you're able to communicate your art and uh, bring it to people and become such a familiar sort of like icon and become a household name is really through these collaborations and partnerships, the same as really any business. Um, and I think a lot of creators, especially ones that are just starting out, sort of forget that part or forget that piece out the gate um, and, you know, I, my brother's an artist and I'm always like, you need to be so, uh, you know, relentlessly persistent with some of these opportunities and really seize, seize the day and seize the moment. Um, and I think you really beautifully captured that and all those anecdotes, Philip. Thanks so, so much, Tristan. Yeah, definitely. I think I, I've always taken the philosophy that sort of anyone can do anything. If I can do it, anyone can do yep. it. It's just really a matter of like, you know, chipping away and little by little, you know, you, 
you know, if you, you can really, um, and, and also little by little and all just following your own instinct and trying to be different, trying to think, you know, in your own pattern and not succumb, which is always difficult. It, I think art is in a way an act of defiance. You know, it's like, you know, it's ultimately when it comes down to it, the greatest meaning in art in a way is the defiance of our mortal condition. It's like, like if you listen to a great piece of classical music or see an epic painting, it's that transcendence in a way that art can achieve, which is yeah. the, the thing one strives for in whatever way you can get it. I love that. I have so many questions yeah. <laughs> to follow up, but I know that we, I know that we got to talk about, we got to talk about two things and that's one, uh, how did you find your way into Web3? Like, it feels like it was almost sort of written in the stars for you and your style of work, but how did you get here? Yeah, so, I mean, I did play a lot of video games when I was a kid. And definitely when we're building Decentraland, like I had Lobstropolis, my metaverse has been sort of in active development for the, like the last couple of years. I think it was launched like two years ago or something. So since then, it's been you know constantly building it and i'm like it does i do feel like this weird deja vu where i'm like am i still a teenager playing a video game or i'm like am i really my job building a metaverse it's like um come 360 but basically yeah i guess as you say conceptually for me the, the 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 digital media was very much the obvious you know extension of pushing the artistic phenomenon idea of like you know taking art into more um experiential space so i mean earlier i was you know have a, had a sort of concept band and i was like doing performances and i was making you know videos even animations like really low you know hand-drawn animations where i would draw you know very lo-fi animations and have them projected so i was definitely you know playing constantly with like within my own art how i could push it to be multimedia and and i guess like as my paintings really were taking off in like 2017 and my lobster persona was really uh, my lobster persona i guess the logo of the lobster and i i was people knew me as lobster man for a few years before that and i'd been doodling lobsters for many years before that but the, the real you know uh, crystallization in a way of all those things really the, the, coming together in the lobster person really being born on canvas as my persona fully happened i guess properly in 2017 and i think at that point then the world around the lobster all these elements things i've been working on all started coming back from things i was doing before like i, I was obsessed with building this cactus shaped ha house like in the shape of a cactus castle type thing in joshua tree in california and i i was obsessed to try and get like a little plot of land and build this crazy cactus castle and and in my ma mind and imagination the lobster always lived in it and had this little yellow submarine car and I had all these things that were from the past and they were, but then I suddenly was like, well, great, I'm building a world and I'm painting it. So it was painting these elements into the paintings. And then it became so obvious in a way that I had this world I was portraying on the canvas. So I was like, well, obviously to create it digitally and make it initially, I think in 2018, I created Lobsterland as a virtual reality simulation. So I think that was the first step properly into being more digital interfaced. So, so I created like, for my touring gallery and museum shows, I had like some video game, basic Lobsterland video games and virtual reality headsets because I was obsessed by the concept of basically, an, uh, you know, a viewer looking at a painting in one step and like in the past. And then today being able to step into the painting and walk around the painting and fully interact with the painting because that was like, that was like cubism on another level. So for me, in terms of shifting the dial of perception around art, like, the, the the idea of like making the work interactive was like the mind-blowing step that was necessary in pushing phenomenon of art today so in a way like and also for my pop culture work it seems so logical in its association to cartoon and like an accessibility so so that so so i created the lobster land effect and it was really cool like people would come to the shows and then put on the headset and it's always a little bit clumsy putting on VR headsets and stuff, but it just it conceptually was really important for me in the shows because it just showed the fact that I wanted to make a world rather than be stuck in one thing. I wanted to I wanted the work to feel it had that elasticity, that freedom to go between dimensions. So I think that at that point that was me pretty much set and, and I was pretty inspired in the process of creatively doing that. So and then then when really in in twenty one when when the digital, um, you know, movement really started taking off, then, you know, th then then the the metaverse seemed like such a logical um, 
you know, such a logical next step for making something that was quite globally accessible, like a sort of like a, a museum for everyone, but also making it a crazy experience world. Love it. Philip, it's time for me to play the annoying jingle. I love the annoying so jingle. So do I. I've come to love it. <laughs> Artist Edition is live. And that means, everybody, that the Flowers, Flowers, Flowers by Philip Colbert collection, uh, open edition, a generative open edition, so every single artwork that is minted is unique um, and very, and they are very, very beautiful, Philip. Well done. They are incredible. Um, but it's live. You can go now to the homepage of OpenSea, so OpenSea.io, where the top banner is uh, is showcasing flowers 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 philip congratulations it's been live for nine minutes and i think <clears throat> excuse me we're already over 300 minted which is wow, wonderful amazing. That's so incredible. yes so uh i i guess the right thing to do now is to ask you about the work <laughs> <laughs> and then i'll talk a little bit about the operation of minting and the airdrop and all these different things that we do but Go on, give us a give us a, a little um, insight into flowers and what it means to you and how this body of work has has come to be. So, um, so the flower really was, as I mentioned earlier, was really like, you know, a symbol that that, that again, like the lobster in a way, as a symbol of surrealism. The flower is such a um, a brilliant symbol for, for the idea of 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 art because it really like I, I've often like said in, in 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 interviews and things that that the, the most i could ever aim to try and achieve you know in my dr wildest dreams would be to capture and replicate the power of a sunflower you know when you just hold a sunflower or see the 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 the, the, re the remarkable energy that comes from a sunflower just the color the radiance the the essence of life in a way that comes from it and such primal sense of beauty and also fragility this temporal quality the, the poetry of the flower and that deep deep human significance as a symbol throughout for, forget even art history just the, the, for, for humankind like the flower is you know like like all even insects it has a pr primal effect on us drawing us in in a way so as as a symbol it's it's a very powerful symbol and and i guess like again to mention you know one of my influences andy warhol like I, in my head when i was building out lobsteropolis my metaverse and because i had all these cactuses everywhere i was obsessed by the connection between the lobster and the cactus because they're both live in very extreme conditions and they're both pop culture icon symbols in a way and as so i've also loved the cactus but anyway so i was littering my my metaverse with these cactuses and it seemed obvious that, that they should flower because it's really beautiful when cactuses flower also extremely beautiful sight but basically then it was like oh i should make the flowers somehow homage to to, to, to sort of an artistic pop culture reference and so then I, I i obviously in my mind was remembering all these warhol flower paintings that he'd done in 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 the 1670s and and i was like actually um that's really fun to make it also make the, the, a slight nod to, to Warhol, make these squidgy um, flowers that sort of slightly evoke the, the Warholian flowers from the, from his, his pictures. And I, what I loved conceptually was that Warhol had basically to make his flower paintings, he'd taken a photograph in a magazine, like an advert, of, you know, a photographer, you know, doing a picture of like an award winning garden or something and, and, and taken a, uh, you know, a, a, a section of one one of these photographs, like advert photographs, and 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 had screen printed it in many brilliant ways with the, with the process of the screen printing, and and the and and the great thing also about Warhol is that the way when he would screen print it was in a way the the process of the screen printing and the mistakes the hu the little touches of error gave this sort of poetry and beauty to the production process the sloppy production process in a way that the highly professional yet at the same time laced with human error process and 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 i think it was that was something that very is very like powerfully evocative in warhol of this repetition and pop culture production and in a way like all these ideas were in my head and i was like well actually the flower is no less relevant today and actually i'd really love to like celebrate the power of the flower and as a symbol and then it was like logical i should in a way follow the the train of the steps from you know you know from the the magazine to warhol to then then looking at warhol and making squidgy more 
cuddly versions of uh, of those type of flowers and then and using similar you know gridding con um you know like say compositional patterns and but at the same time like just going into huge you know greater number of original shapes and then textures and surfaces and yes. obviously on many of the on many of the flowers basically you know there's the cactus background which is obviously from the flowering in, in lobsteropolis but but actually the, the collection became so much more because in the past i'd always been limited with time and 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 so i hadn't really had the chance to fully deep dive into it but in a way with this project it gave me the opportunity to really you know pass something i'd wanted to do for but never really had the chance but just really go deep on the flat on the aesthetic universe that i could explore with the flowers and 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 textures and colors and like and and the product the, the productivity and the, the productification of them in a way like really hyper developing them in lots of ways yeah well you i mean you nail it too some of them look good enough to eat some of them look good enough to sleep on like i you... know i love your twitter page ben you've been eating flowers i know <laughs> Yeah. I've been flowertastic this week, but yeah. honestly, like it's the work is so varied for such like a, a simple symbol. Actually, what you and the team have done is create just the most magical like explosion of textures and colors. And um, and I, I think it's wonderful. I know, Tristan, you've just picked a few up, right? I just minted three um, and they're all just the craziest most beautiful thing ever i need i'm just gonna create like a flower gallery wall <laughs> this is my this is my plan well, amazing <laughs> they are wonderful so i'm just gonna give everybody yeah. a very quick kind of like overview from an operational point of view mint price is 0 0.029 um gas is quite high at the moment but the mint is live at the moment for 72 hours um, and uh, and so there is plenty of time to find a appropriate window. Um, it's an, as I said, generative open edition. So each artwork is unique. And those who hold either an Audio Galleries Mint Pass or an NFT from Philips Lobstars collection, um, if you mint this open edition and you have a lobster or an audio galleries mint pass in your wallet they're in the same wallets next week you qualify for an airdrop for another really fun unique artwork that philip has created with actually combining the two and there's a lovely little lobster uh, he's been squished into one of these flowers and it's a brilliant well, or, or was he not always there ben well perhaps <laughs> Perhaps Where is the lobster? Have, no, they, the, the, have the they all got? Revealed. Have they all got a lobster in them? Every one of these flowers. There are some um, transparent flowers, but the okay. lobster could just be fully transparent. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so who knows? So yes, <laughs> the lobster is the flower. Is Philip? It's uh, it's all making exactly. Sense now, so I'm glad that we triangle of confusion. The universe is becoming more <laughs> and more crazy. Um, Philip. Uh, Tell me, this is a very, this is one of those like very out there questions and see if you could do it really concisely. <laughs> what does being an artist or being a creative mean to you? Well, I, I guess number one, I feel extremely lucky that I, I'm able to do this as my job. I mean, I've done a lot of really shit jobs that I was very bad at. And so... I feel very lucky that I'm um, winging it this far, and um, you know that uh, yeah. That I guess I uh, I just feel very lucky to be honest. That I'm I'm able to keep um, dancing into chaos. Um, so uh, number one, I feel very uh, lucky and thankful. I guess that I've, I, I'm able to do what I'm doing. Um, number two, I guess it's it was always my dream in in my imagination as a kid to do this, but it took me personally like quite a long time to get the confidence to actually do it. And, you know, I think, uh, yeah, as I mentioned, like my first proper painting show was 2017. So it's actually not been that long comparative to maybe what's been going on recently, like how long I've actually been doing it. So I think there was a, a, many years of, I guess, um, needing, building up confidence, building up my own creative voice and everything. And, 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 you know, again, like I, I, I was probably quite a slow developer. So I think, um, yeah, I guess I, I feel that, you know, it was somehow it's quite amazing just never to give up, like to always have 
you know, to be honest, I think the most important thing in the world sometimes just can be a sense of belief, like against all odds, if you have a sense of like belief, like anything is somehow possible because it's like a navigating star. It doesn't really matter whatever anything else, like it's a one thing that just like little by little things can change or, you know, so I think, um, I think somehow, because like, especially when I look back and think of myself as a kid, you know, like I really was not doing well academically and stuff. And like, I, I definitely was very unengaged and stuff. And it's just definitely the one thing that maybe I, I somehow kept was the, this, this, this belief that I could still do anything somehow. Like it's like a punk spirit that like, you know, I could still have uh, do anything, even though it took me a long time to actually fully go for it. I mean, I was always like in little ways, I was trying to do that all the way along, but you know, it took like lots of little steps, I guess. I don't know if that's answered the question. It has. And uh, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's a, it's a great answer. And um, Philip, I can not help but be inspired by the way you talk about it. And so, yeah, really, really excited by this collection and by your work and by your creativity. I can't wait to learn a little bit more about your plans for the future. Have you got anything you can share with us here? Well, there's the immediate future, which is the, you know, the, the, the shows and things I've got coming up, which a lot of which I'm very excited about. Um, I have a show in Venice next month, um, opening, I think, on the 20th of May. So um, we'll definitely be sending out uh, invites for all flower and audio gallery and lobster holders and things of that or anyone that's in Venice really that would be welcome to come. Um, and that's really exciting for me because, uh, you know, my lobster persona, uh, you know, really uh, in my, uh, you know, obsessive mind is really like um, dates back to the antiquity period where ancient Greeks and Romans were were um, very frequently uh, making mosaics and frescoes of lobster octopus combos in this sort of life death battle scenes and where the lobster also had a, a very strong mortality symbol um meaning back then so for me that as for the symbol and the the, the spirit of the lobster it's very important for me so i've done a whole series of new paintings very much inspired by pompeii and the ruins of pompeii and the frescoes and and the ancient greek claw vases and all of these cool lobster you know and anoraki artifacts that i'm obsessed with so that's it's been a deep dive from my imagination on that and there's lots of new new paintings that's come out of that and um then so, so I'm excited to show those, and it's called House of the Lobster, which is a spoof on the House of the Fawn from Pompeii, which one of the houses in Pompeii. Um, then I have um, a show, what lots of other stuff going on. I've got like a show in Taiwan. Um, I've got a, a show in um, in Singapore, and then um, I've, I've I just opened a show in Naples actually, which is a really amazing city. I saw um, that. I saw that last week with yeah, the, uh, the drone yeah. footage. It was amazing. Yeah. I mean, the location of the sculptures is insane. It's in the museum at the top of the mountain. It's just got the most incredible view of the city and, and Mount Vesuvius and everything. I mean, it's really, I mean, Italy, the, you know, some of the locations of some of the cities are just mind blowing. I, I had a show in Rome, which for me was again, like, cause I've been obsessed with antiquity period. And like, again, if we talk about history and stuff, very much the blueprints of most of Western art history were, were actually laid, the foundations of which were really heavily defined in anti in the antiquity period. So as a sort of art historical obsessive, I was, I've been like obsessed with, with ancient Greek vase painting and like uh, marble making and like the, the architecture of the ancient houses and stuff. So I guess it's been, um, you know, basically showing in Rome was like really amazing for me because it was like the lobster of my imagination was then suddenly put into context of all these like antiquity ruins that I was like obsessed with. So, you know, and I, I guess I, I often tell people that like for me, art is like exists beyond time. So art is like an amazing, you know, um, layer beyond time like because as humans we're defined by time because you know we're born we really live and we die and and when we experience like beginning middle and ends but with our history in a way because it's a subject that our ancestors continue then it's somehow like a, this froth that that people can experience you know in the future they can experience the past they can experience all this you know they can dream about the future so i find it just really interesting in the world of creativity it's like a layer above the, the present and so I, you know i i like to think then of the lobsters living in antiquity in rome as being this like my imagination having the freedom to live in antiquity and have it and then re visually realizing that was like really cool for my imagination amazing tristan 
you've got some questions. I have so many questions, but the first question I want to ask is, Philip, in the spirit of, you know, your flowers, flowers, flowers collection and the the sort of tradition that is being created or sort of in real time established in Web3 of giving flowers to to people and individuals that are inspiring to you. I'm curious if there are any individuals that you would like to call out or give their flowers to. I, of course, would like to give you flowers for this incredible collection. It looks amazing. Um, and it's really beautiful to scroll through this collection so far. I'm really excited for how it's going to look after the 48 hours. But yeah, I want to kick it over to you. Um, anyone you want to give some flowers to? Well, thanks so much, Tristan. I guess my, my amazing studio team, definitely. I think, you know, Shar, Danny, Josh, Ning, Aiden, um, Annika, Gwen, um, Andrea, and Tim definitely like all have been amazing. You know, helping me manage all the projects I have from um, the different shows I have around the world, and like uh, you know, and all the various categories of like from metaverse development and my digital work, to, you know, to the more merchandise elements that I like to really um, incorporate. So like my team have been amazing and really like always always you know really help give an extra push when 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 we need it like to get things over the line so i think definitely flowers to all of my team i think i actually have given them all flowers i think from the collection so um they have them um but they've been amazing so thank you team and then obviously like my my immediate family wife and kids are amazing i definitely um will give them some flowers but i, I don't want to get too soppy on the um <laughs> space so and then on obviously i think i think a great then also axel as well and ben very importantly ben because um obviously you know ben and axel and i've been working together with lobsters and um and obviously what's amazing is is ben had you know was very much the community manager for lobsters and so it's been amazing seeing um ben's evolution um you know and just in, you know how good he is at what he does in terms of you know, and how he's really carved out a niche. It's really, uh, really amazing to see and, and, and really great, for, you know, for our little connection in a way that that that, it, that we're able to continue our collaboration in a new way. And I think that's amazing. And I think also um, Axel, who's been working with me as well, has, has created his own um, consultancy studio and it's amazing all the stuff he's doing as well. So, um, so yeah, absolutely. Um, I think flowers for everyone and everyone listening as well, because... Um, I really appreciate. I agree it. with that. Thank you, Philip. Thank Thank you. Really appreciate taking the time to tune out of the chaos and listen to the the world of flowers. I know that I know Tristan's got one more before we wrap. So, uh, and I, I'd like to invite a couple of people up to ask a question too. So, go for it, Tristan. Yeah. So, one quick question that I have for you is: Have you seen any shows, like art shows, recently or exhibitions that have really sort of blown you away? And I'm curious what those might be, if you have. Um, great question. Yes. Yeah, so let me think of ones that I, um, you know, that, that I was really inspired by, um, you know, let me think about the ones that like, uh, I mean, the, the thing is, I basically don't get to go to gallery shows as much as I'd like, because I'm just busy in the studio a lot. So I, I always find that I miss a lot of the great shows that I want to go and see. So I just see them in, um, in, but, but I, I guess like when I was in Naples recently, I, I went to the um, the archaeological museum in Naples, and I, I find that like truly mind blowing. I was like, th there's there's one work in there which is the Alexander mosaic, which is I think from the fifth century BC, and it's the most incredible hunt composition, like battle scene, not hunt, sorry, like a full battle scene. Um, I highly recommend you guys check it out because it's fifth century BC, and it's the most insanely complex battle scene. And obviously, with 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 my paintings and things, I I, I love the, the these sort of battle series because, and I've been doing a lot of them over the years because I love the inherent sort of sense of conflict between forces that's that's expressed within a battle scene, and also just the compositional structure of it, you know, it's in the sense of movement and and narrative quality. So, I like I've been studying and making a lot of battle paintings, and when I saw this battle painting of from fifth century bc i was just because i'd always looked to rubens as one of the great battle painters but actually this 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 mosaic was supposedly a copy of a now destroyed masterpiece from ancient greece potentially by apelle of course one of these great like painters from that ancient greek period and and that that work when i stood in front of this crazy complex battle scene mosaic from the fifth century bc i was like wow i did not appreciate that there was so much great art 
in antiquity, like in the ancient Greek period, which sadly most of it, all of it, in fact, all great masterpiece paintings from ancient Greece are destroyed. The only thing you can look at are the marbles or the, or the, or the ceramics mm -hmm. or the frescoes or the mosaics. All the big paintings are destroyed. And I find that really fascinating that, that all these masterpieces that defy, like the Italian Renaissance were so inspired to copy the legends of these early paintings that most of the works of the Italian Renaissance are somehow homaging. Like for example, Botticelli's Venus is almost a copy of a of an antiquity painting which is destroyed, and only the frescoes still of of this painting in in Pompeii that just show like bad copies of what the original might have looked like. But it's just super interesting that in a way, again, like for me, I was really inspired again just in this time journey thing, of in my mind like being able to go back to, and seeing all this like really interesting art from really early periods. Yeah, it really transports you to a totally different different time. That's incredible. What a great answer. Thank you. I've got two people who I'm going to take a question from. Sorry, there are a bunch more people requesting in the spirit of time. Um, so I have got Doug from Toy Boogers. Hey, Doug, how are you doing? Hey, good morning. How's it going? Yeah, good, man. Hey, Doug. Good, good to... Hey, fellow. Hey, Doug. Hey, Tristan. How's it going, everybody? <laughs> Wonderful. I love so, that you guys, Doug, you're morning and I'm um, 2 a.m. Yes, that's how me and Ben operate a lot. Um, I'm up, yeah. you know, till one or two, and like it's his morning, and then we're like connecting, and it's it's kind of funny, like <laughs> it's just like around the world, and it's uh, GM, GM all the time, all the time is is really, yeah. uh, constant GM. <laughs> what, what's happening? Yeah. Go for but it, yeah, Doug, because I am yeah. conscious of. Uh, okay, cool. Time. Let's uh, get into it. Um, yeah, thank you so much for this uh, session and for letting me uh, jump up and ask a question, uh, Philip. I'm super inspired by everything you're doing in your story and this, this interview was really cool. Um, I was looking for uh, little gems to take away and kind of like, like implementable stuff. Like that's what I'm trying to tease out for of each artist. And one of the, the question or the concept I wanted to ask you about was like leveling up, taking the next step. And you mentioned in your past um, that philosophy did that studying and opening your mind um, really did that for you. And then later on recently, you mentioned uh, confidence and, and just going for it. And, um, and I wanted to kind of like talk about that a little bit because that's kind of like how I feel right now. It's just like, just go for it. Like, just do what you want. <laughs> but like, what was it that got, like that leveled you up to, to become you know, the, 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 the artist to the professional artist, you know, or, or, or if that was a mental thing that you did that transition or, or like, what, what was it that really gave you that level up? Was it literally just, just going for it and doing it? Yeah. Or, or I was think it was more... sort of just going for it. Cause I think like, again, when I started, you know, people would have thought, who's this weirdo with his crazy suits and they say, you know, who does he, he's not an artist. What does he think he's doing? Mm -hmm. He's like, he's just a weird, crazy guy that dresses some crazy clothes that he makes. So like basically um, in a way, I think it was almost just like the blinkers that I think one needs like to create and to do mm -hmm. things. Cause do you know what it is actually is not really giving or trying, which is very hard in our culture of wanting to be liked in a way, but just trying to just do stuff, follow one's path and like, and realize that also the, the great thing about creativity is you can take risks in creativity yeah. because you can dare to fail. And actually the very risk of failing is cool. And I mean, like, not in so far as like in art, you don't have to set up a thousand fast food restaurants to check if it works or not. <laughs> you can take you can take risks creatively. You know what I mean? You can take risks yes. in terms of you can let your you can go a bit crazy because that's the whole point. Like if if art isn't exercising the human um, the human possibility of freedom. In, in the way we think, then what's the point of it? Do you know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. so many, you know, there's no, because so many amazing things people do, like, in the world and society, like, that functionally prop up society, like, if nurses or teachers or people that sweep the streets at night or, like, you know, so many fundamental jobs that prop up things. So why, what is art's role? Art's role, in my mind, is to dream, is to be free. And if it's, and in a way, if one is only commodifying and one is only, like, making art just for what you know if what for me the dream of art is the freedom of art you know it's mm -hmm. that it, it's trying to make language if you know what i mean if i back onto this idea of putting a flag into no man's land like for yes. me that, that that's the idea that inspires me like that's the thing that you know if if you could say when all is said and done like what what do i hope i, I can have maybe achieved somehow is is regardless of almost whether it's like it's obviously sometimes difficult if it's not recognized but because you know that requires one self-confidence but to just be resolute and just be like you know it doesn't 
matter i'm just i do my thing because i do it but i think that's you know that is what ultimately motivates and inspires me is that idea and it's what i am inspired by in other people to be honest like i meet artists that have no recognition and just create and and, I, and i'm like wow the way they defy every day they do their thing and they don't they're not broken they're like defying against everything and they're just in their work and that's that's the spirit that i respect and, yeah. and hope to achieve that's so awesome. awesome thank you yeah thank you so much for that i um i just i love it i do, i love the stories of people just going for it and just doing it and and uh super excited to uh see you to rock just rocking it i just got three i got two yellows which is awesome yellows is one of my wow, favorite colors so cheers and, and uh super congrats on everything you're doing as well i love how we've been connecting a lot in the spaces and stuff so. yes it's so cool Thanks, thank you for that really appreciate it cheers everyone have a great uh, rest of the day you too, man. Thanks for night. <laughs> yes. Um, so we've got Lurk. Hey, Lurk, how are you doing? I'm all right, man. Yeah. How are you? Canny? All right, man. Well, let's get right into it. I, I, Doug, you kind of covered what I was going to ask a little bit with, and, and fill up in your answer. kind of covered it. I was going to just talk about, like, you know, you consider yourself a professional artist now. Obviously, you're doing this full time. And um, with that comes the freedom of, Obviously, like, you know, let's be honest here, you make a little bit more money, then you have the freedom to be able to do the projects that you want. So you basically kind of covered that somewhat. So I'm just going to give you flowers instead, because uh, I kind of had that bit covered. So yeah, <laughs> so I just want to say, uh, <laughs> letting me off the hook. Uh, yeah, super awesome what you're doing. I'm going to go and grab some flowers right now. Um, I love it. I'm going to go and yeah, I'm going to go and mint some. So you guys have a great day. Thanks, Doug, for stealing my question. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much that's, yeah. that's cool that we both had like the same thank kind you so of idea. much man. we're just like how do we get to the next step what's like break on through that's that's kind of like what i feel <laughs> like I, I love when people just like do stuff big and then like it, it works or it fails like you said like but like people who try it's just so cool to see action and like stuff happening so yeah going, and i think everyone. it's the dreaming thing which is key because if it's not like i think that's you know you want it needs the idea needs to have the dream in it because that's yeah. what gives the idea value you know, so, so cool. I think the dream is like um, the dream is the thing that makes it interesting. You know, that's why it's great to be ambitious in terms of just great to think beyond. What, and, and what's amazing is the little steps you take. Every step you take, you can get higher. You know, the dream can get bigger. But, you know, bigger so that's why you just you, you just want, you know, to keep pushing. And it's not always easy because obviously sometimes it takes time. But I think little by little, you know, little by little you chip away. And I think. That's so cool. That's so cool. It. Well, that's what Steph was saying. Yes, uh, last week too. Was, uh, I was asking about um, something else, but very similar. And she was just like, you know, every day I just get up and just start and go and do it. And it was just like that. That consisting of just doing it, making it happen, of dreaming out loud. So, cheers, yeah. everyone. This is awesome. I love it. Thanks, Doug. Appreciate Thanks, it. Doug. Okay, everyone. Look, I am at the hour and six minutes mark. My goodness. Um, I have been watching gas. My goodness me. We were up at like 120 or something a minute ago. We're back down to 95 at the moment. And uh, <laughs> who knows what this all means. But the mint is 72 hours long at least. And so um, we will continue to kind of keep you updated on that. Uh, and um, we're really, really hopeful that um, a bunch of you can jump in and grab your flowers and please share them on socials. That's the most important thing. Like we've, we want to see all the flowers out there. Um, it's uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful collection. Um, Philip, I'm going to wrap it there if it's okay with you and you're all right. Of with course, that, Ben. Um, yes, hundred percent. I really appreciate you spending this time with me whilst you're in Korea and it's like 2 a.m. <laughs> so thank you. I hope you can get a little bit of sleep. <laughs> before you head off i've got um less than two hours oh my goodness um next <laughs> week it's better to go to the party yeah i would next week we have an audio galleries first again our mint concerns an audio galleries led product that we're bringing to market and i'll be sharing more on this on the conclusion of the flowers 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 by philip colbert mint so watch this space people there are some very cool things happening to that end in the meantime, thank you to Tristan, who I know who had to drop. Thanks, Adam, who's hiding behind the OpenSea account. Appreciate that. And also Sigrid from Audio Galleries. Thank you so much. Uh, Lurk, Doug, thank you for your time. And all of you in the audience who have taken your time to enjoy listening to Philip today. Really, we appreciate you so much. You'll be able to play this back, or it will also be a podcast in the coming days. 
Um, and we may jump up again over the weekend and, and have another show. It's a, a public holiday here in the UK. We have a new king being uh, crowned, <laughs> if that's what you call it. The coronation is this weekend, which means we'll all have lots of time. So we may jump up and have another spaces. Um, in the meantime, I'm going to play something fun and give you all a nice bit of uh, something to enjoy uh, on this Thursday afternoon where I am. Have a wonderful week, everyone. GMGM. GM. Thanks, Philip. Thank you so much, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye. This is Audio Galleries. Conversations. <laughs>